Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. Welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Carrillo. Today, we have Monique Holm. Monique is a real estate investor, syndicator, and developer with over 14 years of experience in multifamily, mobile home and RV parks, flipping, commercial, vacation rentals, syndication, and ground-up development. Together with her husband and her investors, she owns over 1,100 rental units across six states. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Charles. So please tell us a little bit about your background, both personally and professionally, before getting involved in real estate investing. Yeah. So I did not know anything about real estate investing. I was raised, um, I, have, I have a great family, great parents. They're from Haiti. I'm a first generation American. And my parents always told me, Monique, you can be anything you want, in parentheses, as long as you're a doctor, lawyer, professor, engineer, because <laughs> that was for them what success was. And that's all I knew too. And of those choices, I chose law and I became a lawyer. I was very unhappy as a lawyer, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> the only thing I'd been taught about real estate was that you should buy your own home. So I went to do that after a couple of years of practice. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I guess I, I should buy a house. That's what you're meant to do. But I live in Los Angeles, which is super expensive market. And even though I had an, you know, fairly decent, low, low six-figure income, I couldn't afford a house by myself because a starter house in LA is a, you know, in a semi-decent neighborhood, we're looking upwards of six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars. And this was even, wow. this was back in two thousand five. Uh, now it's now it's more. <laughs> so, and so I was a, a friend of mine suggested we buy a duplex together. The original idea was that he'd live on one side, I'd live on the other side. Then we ended up finding though instead this property that had instead of two eagle sides, it was this old craftsman. I had a larger downstairs unit, a two bedroom upstairs, a converted garage in the back. That was a third unit. And so we each took a bedroom in the in the the bottom unit in the larger unit and then rented out the upstairs rent out the back house and or even rent out our basement and we started house hacking before i knew that was a thing i was just like oh that's so cool <laughs> people are paying our mortgage it's amazing and then um then when i met my husband he had a duplex so we got a single family rental together never really thinking of it as a way to replace my income or even to get out of law, which I hated. I just, I, I hadn't, I wasn't thinking that far. <laughs> but after um, when the crash, well, well, before the crash, when I was about five and a half months pregnant and my boss at the time, still working as a lawyer, called me into his office and, and I was, I was expecting a bonus because I've been working so hard, but instead I got fired. Oh. which was quite a surprise and a shock and not welcome news, but it was a gift in the end. Mm. Uh, so I decided, you know, I'm so pregnant right now. I'm just going to wait until after I give birth, have a short maternity period, then I will look for another job. And my daughter was born late August of 2008. 
and within a month of her birth, the markets were in free fall. A couple months after that, the my husband's graphic design business was down nine percent, and it was not a time to go to find jobs. <laughs> it was wow. like people were not hiring, and um, and it was it was the couple of real estate properties that we had that actually helped keep a roof over our heads at the time. And we ended up selling one of them and using the proceeds to start flipping houses. We started doing that when houses were on sale. Um, we did that until 2015 when houses were definitely not so on sale, <laughs> especially in LA. It's like hindsight, it's like, that, you know, actually there was still more runway, but it was getting really expensive and really competitive. And it was just, and it was, Flipping is a job, right? You, you buy a property, you have a, you have to fix it up, you sell it, then you have to start over again. It's like a short-term job. I wanted something more passive. I wanted to buy and hold. And so we were looking for a fourplex in LA, which was the biggest thing I could imagine getting at that point. Um, but nothing made any financial sense, nothing cash flowed. It's like, you're looking at paying over $2 million for something with zero cash flow. Oh. So we, wow. I ended up um, talking to a friend who recommend. He's like, oh, you know what, my, my, his. He said his, his mutual, his friend, um, Robert Helms, who's the host of Real Estate mm -hmm. Guys Radio podcast. He's like, he's coming to LA tomorrow night. You want to come out to dinner? Maybe he could give you some advice. And so I was like, sure, yeah. So I went out, and then this conversation with Robert just completely changed the trajectory mm. of my life. So the first thing is so that he was asking me what I was doing. I told him about the flipping and how that was challenging and looking for this fourplex. And he said, you know, LA is a really tough market. I always say live where I want to live where you want to live invest where the numbers make sense. And I went, Oh, because mm -hmm. until that moment, I assumed you had to invest where you lived, where you could drive to your property, touch it, self-manage it like it hadn't occurred to me that you could invest outside of where you lived so that was that was a big paradigm shift and literally opened up the world to me and then the other thing he said was and you can buy that fourplex by yourself but you're limited to your own capital and credit he said alternatively you can bring a group of investors together and you could get 100 or 200 units and he started telling me about the benefits of that i think my head exploded <laughs> when he said that i was like what i i until he told me that i thought you had to be a billionaire to do that i like i had no idea that normal people could could invest that way and i but everything in me was like yes i want to do that i want to do that and i and i got so excited about it um and i want i and i wanted to be around people that thought 100 or 200 units was a was normal because until that moment everyone around me thought a ten, a fourplex was a really big deal. And I wanted to be around people that were thinking bigger. So I committed, I, I went home that night, told my husband, there's this thing, it's called syndication. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like, let's learn how to do it. So in January of 2016, we were at our, our first syndication seminar and then we, we were all in. So that year we, we act, we passively got into two deals and then actively did three um, and got in over a thousand doors in that first year Wow! Um, of, of syndication. And then we've just 
got on since. Wow, that's crazy. One thing following up is uh, you're talking about the end of 2008, and I bought my second multifamily in 2008, and it was like, I remember it was like Lehman went under the last six months, and then I bought this property in like October, and then like two months later, Bernie Madoff was a fraud, and like the <laughs> whole, it was like every, like you could, CNBC was like watching a, uh, everything was going downhill. I mean, that every was- day something else, something blew up, someone was lost, something it was crazy. It was nuts. I couldn't believe when I look back on it, I was like, I was nuts for doing anything back then with uh, so much turmoil, but um, it's crazy. Uh, hindsight though is yeah. you're probably pretty happy. You oh, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so I had like, I got fixed debt on that property and I, it's one of my, it's actually my best performing assets I own myself, but um, that being put aside. Uh, so that's awesome. With the Robert Helms, that was cool. Cause a few, a few years ago or several years ago, I got an email from him and um, that was one, because I was like, how am I going to build this real estate thing, what I'm doing? And that actually, uh, for that email from him I was getting, it was talking about syndication. And I was like going back and forth. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I like doing my own things and answering to myself. And um, that was, so that's crazy that uh, Robert Helms, yeah, he's fantastic. If you haven't heard of him, he's on the Real Estate real estate Guys. Is that what it is? Radio show? That's his thing? Real Estate Guys Radio, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. And he has all these different, he's investing in everything now every time I hear from him he's investing in something different in a different country so yeah he's a he's a, a resort in belize yeah that that's developed it. yeah nice nice so what's your current your company's current acquisition and uh, criteria and strategy yeah so right now so we're more on the on the money side and which is i like because it mm-hmm. allows me as well partner with people to get um, to get into different deals, which is why we we have a such a we can have such a diversity of mm-hmm. of assets because we have um, our we have multifamily, we have a portfolio of single family, we have <laughs> mobile home park, RV park, yeah. and we have industrial. My focus, though, in the probably since twenty nineteen, the beginning of twenty nineteen, has been more on the industrial side. Mm-hmm. So, what had happened was in so a couple of those I told you we got two we got three deals in um, in 2016 that we that we syndicated that we were on the the GP side and one was a mobile home park and two were these uh, apartment buildings in Albuquerque New Mexico which they were they were rough rough properties <laughs> so definitely C class C minus maybe oh, D yeah. class one of them so um, they were they were tough they were tough. Uh, it's hard to. We thought we could shift the culture a little more in that property, in those properties, especially one that we that we were able to. So it was it was a tough deal, and it literally, I was praying for some miracle to help us get out of it. And a miracle happened because some uh, 1031 exchange buyer uh, wanted it wanted to buy them, and he bought them at a four cap. Oh wow! Four cap. Really wanted them. Really wanted them. <laughs> Good. I, I pray every day that he does well with them because gosh, he saved us. But um, so, so you know, and our our investors did well. You know, whatever it was, it was good um, to get out of it the way that we did. And but it was great as a seller. Scared the the poo poo out of me as a buyer. I was like, I don't want to compete against that. That's insane. And so. I thought, okay, let me, obviously I still love multifamily. I think it's a, it's a, 
there's always going to be a need for that, especially like B class, um, C C class. Although yeah, we've moved more on the B B class side. It's not quite as challenging um, in, in in a lot of ways. But I I was just seeing multifamily feeling a lot like a a seller's market. And I don't like being a buyer in a seller's right. market. So we we started looking around for different asset classes. I landed in industrial, which was a an asset class that definitely does not have the the herds going after it. Um, it's not a, not as much interest, but it's it's an asset class that has a high demand. So mm-hmm. over this past year, the you know even through COVID through the pandemic, um, industrial performed the best, and it was and there's a there's just been a growing demand for it. Even as retail is hurting and online retailers do better they still they need place for their they need to store their stuff mm. and they need um, distribution centers and they need data centers and they, you know so there's all of this there's still a and then there's there is manufacturing in this com- in this country and food processing and uh, you know the 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 companies that that run our world our our, our country mm. in these industrial spaces there's a that need for that type of uh, real estate so, so tell us, I'm oh, 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 sorry. Oh, can you just tell us a couple more about the tenants that use that? I'm sorry to cut you off. They, other yeah. than you went to food processing, these other ones. I don't think people really understand. They think just like uh, manufacturing, I guess, when you just throw it industrial, even though there's like cold storage, there's data, there's all these different things. Mm-hmm. And how e-commerce has really accelerated the want and the need for industrial. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share about a, um, so our, the, we have a, uh, a six, a six uh, office industrial park portfolio in Houston. That one's a little different. It's those are flex warehouse spaces. We have 109 spaces, and that is a combination of retail, like retail. So those spaces can be used in a lot of different ways, but that does count as an industrial use. But there's everything from garages and bakeries, but we also have churches using those spaces, and uh, you know. So there's a lot of different uses. So it can be flexible in that in that sense with the flex warehouse space. Uh, now what we mostly do is we do something called a sale leaseback. So there's a facility that has a, a property that they want to sell but still use. So they're, they're selling it usually because they need to get the equity out of that property. So they're they're going to sell it, but then they lease it back. And they become the tenants, a sale leaseback. So we have, um, what what have we gotten? So we have a a cold we have a cold storage facility. So that was a, a frozen pie <laughs> manufacturer. They they white label frozen pies um, for for groceries you know grocery store chains. And so they um, that that was a, a facility that we did. We have a organic baby food. <laughs> company facility we have a facility that does um they do face and hair products they 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 manufacture face and hair products Uh, we have one that does uh foam products for for like they do for whirlpool and bmw and a bunch Mm -hmm. of different uh companies like that they manufacture foam products we have another one that we're getting fence fencing company so it's just you know this 
all it can be all different types of companies and then you'll you'll see that you can have tenants like amazon right so amazon will need they'll need a store they'll need warehouses they need distribution centers they need data centers so those those are that, that's on the e-commerce side there's a lot of a need um on for industrial but then just your your average standard company all the the millions of companies out there that, that make things or produce things just or do research and development or whatever all of all of them need need industrial space yeah and then like you're saying before manufacturing is not dead there's a lot of specialized manufacturing especially in the medical device um, that's something mm -hmm. that doesn't get outsourced and yeah. i don't think that gets any coverage in the media but um it's something that is is a why alive and well in the united states because we have uh pockets of uh i guess you would say communities with very educated uh people in them that are like engineers and stuff that are uh, building this, I guess you would say. Yeah. But um, where I'm from, and originally in Connecticut, it's uh, we have we have something like that too. It's a lot of uh, we have a lot of specialized people there that are manufacturing and something that's alive and well up there. And there's, but anywhere you look for industrial, it's very so many different articles I read on it, and um, there's such a lack of it. So that's a great asset class. I just want to touch on because I don't think most people understand what goes into or what the possibilities of that broad industrial kind of name um, yeah. can, can do. But um, that's cool. That's cool. So you mentor a lot of real uh, real estate investors. Can you give a brief overview of steps a new investor should follow to be successful? Yeah. So I, yeah, with real estate investor glasses, my, my focus on helping women create passive income streams through real estate. I have a big, hairy, audacious goal to help 1 million women create financial freedom through real estate. And so when they're starting, I think the, the first step is to figure out what, where do you want to go? So it's kind of like, um, I liken it to you're going, you're going to go on vacation. Right. And, and so you say, okay, well, what's my first step? My, my first question would be, well, where are you going? <laughs> where, do you, where do you want to go? Because if you're going to Paris, it's a little different than if you're going to the next town over. It's a little different if you're going to Antarctica. Um, right? those, are, those are different trips. So where, where are you going? And with real estate, it's figuring out, it's like, is, is your goal, I want enough passive income so I can retire from my job ASAP. Is your goal that I love what I'm doing, I really want tax benefits, that's the main thing. Is your goal that, uh, you know, legacy, leaving a legacy for your family, is your goal setting yourself up for retirement? Like, what is your, what is your goal? It could be some combination of those, but depending on if you're like a long-term, I don't need to see this money for 20 years, that's a little different, that could be a different strategy than, I need the cash flow now, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I need it ASAP or I need, you know, chunks of money right now. Uh, then the, the next question is, how do you want to go? So in, um, in your, in my vacation analogy, right? You, you might want to cruise or you might fly or you might bicycle or you might <laughs> road trip, right? All those are going to be take different, take you on a different, um, take you at different steps. So with real estate, maybe for you, it's, I love taking an ugly duckling and making it beautiful. Or I love, um, I love just getting into the numbers and doing big things. Or I'm really excited to work with investors. Or I really don't want to do any of that stuff. <laughs> I, want to, I want, never want to deal with the tenant, a toilet, the termite, the three T's. Right? I just want to get my money, like stick my money at some place and get it working for me. Mm -hmm. 
and, and be super passive and hands off. So depending on the, how you want to play in this game, you're going to go on a different, you're going to have different steps. And then, um, then you want to figure out your resources. So what resources do you have available to you mm -hmm. right now that you can tap into that will get you where you want to go? So your know, resources are money. Um, how much money do you have available and sources, right? What time, the real estate takes time relationships real estate is a relationship business um education and experience so those are the five main resources but you don't have to have all of them yourself you just need to know what you do have so then you can find other people that have what you might be lacking that get you from where you are to where you want to be so you can close that gap and then the last thing you're going to put in is creativity and resourcefulness because that that's going to be required to take you from where you are <laughs> to that end goal in the way you want to play on right. this journey. So that that's how that's how I recommend that people start. Um, and so getting that clarity and then getting education is the is the first step because I think that with real estate, because it's probably the most expensive thing that people are going to invest in in their lives, mistakes can be very costly. And it definitely helps when you have an education in the front end to avoid those mistakes. I think you're going to get an education either way. You either get it in the front end where it's mm -hmm. less painful, or you're going to get it in the end yeah. through, like, through these tough lessons, right? Either way, you're going to learn. Um, but yeah, I, I like learning That's from awesome. other people's mistakes <laughs> more than doing my own. So. That's the best way of doing it. Yeah. Shorten that learning curve. Mm -hmm. So what is the wealth orchard you talk about? Yeah. So what, what I love about real estate is, so you're, you're, you can plant a, plant a real estate tree, right? Plant a seed for a real estate and then it's giving you money um, that you can then take to replant um, into another one, especially, you know, either you're just through your monthly cash flow or doing these cash out refinances, which are, um, I love they're non-tax you know not a taxable event and you mm -hmm. you can take that money and in, in essence I'm going to recycle it but for me I, I look at it as like your the seeds of your the real estate tree you planted give, giving you fruits you take that fruit replant it into another one that's how eventually you get to your orchard interesting very interesting so you wrote a book and in that book you talk about the four myths of real estate which I think are pretty common with people before getting involved with real estate. They're a little scared of it. Can you explain what they are? Sure. Um, so I'm trying to think, cause I talk about so many myths as I teach. I'm always like busting myths with all the different areas. But I think one of the main myths that people get, um, one of them is this, uh, you know, monopoly, I call it like the, the mono monopoly game myth so one is that you have to start with a little greenhouse then another little greenhouse and another little green once you have enough little greenhouse then you can get to a red hotel and that's how you have to to do real estate investing and it doesn't have to be that way at all there's so many different paths and um you know i had a mentor that started with a 32 unit like billy that was his first investment so you you can start with the red hotel or you can you can be like the bank and own a note on like you know on something else. And there are a lot of different ways to play, so you don't have to just do the little house. And, or even a, even further myth is so many people think they have to first buy their own home they live in mm. before they can start investing in real estate, and you you don't have to do that. 
So that's that's the first, that's one of the, the main myths. Like he was like, okay, well, first I'll buy my house and then I can do buy another little house. You know, so you don't have to start, you don't have to do it that way. Another myth that people have is that they think it's going to cost an enormous amount of money uh, to get into real estate. And it's almost like whatever amount of money they have, I find they always think they need more before they can do it. <laughs> A lot of people have this belief it's just, it's going to cost them tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, something to get into the game. And there are a lot of different strategies for investing, many of which, um, you know, they require some creativity and some time usually, but they're, they can, you can get in with little to no money yeah. and, and there, are, there are ways you can do it. So that's a myth that keeps people from even starting, even looking into the game. Similarly, with all the other resources, like time, they'll think it takes a lot of time. I'm gonna have to go to all these open houses or I'm gonna have to, have calls by three in the morning from a tenant about a toilet. <laughs> and so there's like, you know, there are, no, there are a lot of different ways of playing. Some of which are take very little time. After you've vetted a deal, you put your money in, you wait for it to come back with friends. So that's a myth that, um, that, you know, people have. And um, yeah. And the, the last one is that a myth that you all, you have to be a landlord um, have with you're the one doing all the landlording mm -hmm. and the property management in order to uh, to be the an investor and again that's you don't have to do it in that way you don't have to no. be the landlord you don't have to get any calls about any toilets <laughs> and, and even even if you do though I like the I mostly I don't manage any more of my my properties I just have one here in Los Angeles that I still manage I think in that that first duplex that I got, I think since 2005, I've gotten one call at like one in the morning. <laughs> and that, no, I've never else gotten a late night call. And, and I've only had to deal with toilets like once. So anyway, so there you go. I think my most inconvenient call was uh, like 11 p.m. or 10.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve. About a clock. Oh, that's, well, uh, that's very, inc that's very that's, inconvenient. That's inconvenient. I was young. But out of how many years, right? Like I know, I know. I self-managed <laughs> my properties for six years. And uh, so it wasn't, it's not that bad. It's just that, uh, you know, it just, it does happen. But I think, you know, knock on wood, um, I never got a call like 3 a.m. Hey, you're, it's on fire. And uh, <laughs> yeah. who do, who, who, what do we do, you know? Yeah. But um, so talk us about your, uh, your goddess program. Yeah, so the um, with the the wealthy goss program and real estate investor goss, it's a it's about how do you invest in real estate, but for women, just how do we do this in the feminine way? We women are not just smaller, less hairy men. <laughs> we're, we're actually like chromosomally different. Our brains are uh, like the connections are different, and those those differences, those biological differences, actually do affect how we approach money, how we approach investing, how we approach um, relationship, how we approach best, um, how we deal with stress, how we learn, and. Most of the time, though, in this culture, we're taught how to do those things in a masculine way that are not very supportive for us and end up frying us. And we can you can get it done, um, but not in a way that feels super good for us. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way of like, how do you, how do you do this process? How do you find your path? It's um, the program is not a 
okay, everyone, everyone wholesales or everyone flips a house or everyone gets a single family. It's not a cookie cutter type program. It's one where we help because I don't believe real estate investing is one size fits all. So I go through this process to get people to have their own, um, their own plan. And uh, we have goddesses that are I've got us just getting an 84 unit self storage and other ones that are doing multifamily or some doing notes, some doing land, some doing so they're playing in this in this um, in this game in different ways, but all with the goal to create enough passive income streams that it will equal or exceed their expenses. That's awesome. That's a fantastic program and a fantastic goal that you have. Thank you. So how can our listeners learn more about you, your company and in uh, coaching if they're interested? Yeah, so the best place is probably to go to our website, which is reigoddesses.com. So REI standing for real estate investor, not the sporting goods store. (laughs) Somebody came to one of my events. She'd been invited by a friend and that friend was like really sporty and was like, it's a kayaking. So she's like, yeah, you want to go to an REI? Comes in with a wetsuit. Yeah, so she's like thinking it was going to be all outdoorsy. That's (laughs) awesome. Then she goes on the website. She's like, wait. And it ended up being like really great. She, she, that a year, a year later, she got financial freedom. Nice. Um, yeah, super excited. She was, she got pregnant that year, and then she told me, now when I, I give birth after my maternity leave, I don't have to go back to work because I have enough That's passive fantastic. income. That yeah, made me super happy. But um, yeah, so reigoddesses.com is the best place to go to find out about uh, our, our events and our programs and to get part of get connected with our community, see the podcast, our blog, all the things. Awesome. Well, I will put those links into the show notes and thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Talk to you soon. Hi guys, it's Charles from the Global Investors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in getting involved with real estate, but you don't know where to begin, set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me at schedulecharles.com. That's schedulecharles.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.